Welcome to the fourth episode of My Spooky Zillennial Life. I have a very good feeling about the audio quality of this week's episode because I am recording this in a room that is actually built to uh, record music in and uh, it's essentially soundproofed. I wish I could use this room every week, but I am actually just using my uh, boyfriend's roommate, Mark's bedroom, to record this episode in. And like I said, it's very soundproofed and it's quite nice. One of these days I will uh, form a cool little space for myself to actually be able to record in without having a mini fridge turn on every 10 minutes. If you're wondering why I'm recording in Mark's room, it's because I actually procrastinated this week's episode and I am recording it on Thursday evening and some weeks I record it earlier in the week, some weeks I wait until the last minute and that's what I did this week and I actually want to stay at Levi's house tonight instead of going back home because they, the last presidential debate is on tonight and I thought it would be really fun to watch it over here. We're going to order some pizza and kind of make a night out of it. I think last time we actually made a drinking game out of the first presidential debate and yeah, it was... It was a fun time. Um, Yeah, all I got to say, guys, is I'm excited for Election Day. I'm ready for it to be here and be done with because this entire year has been just so anxiety-inducing on top of the pandemic. You know, we've got this election, and I'm ready for it to be over with. I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but I'm just anxious, and I'm uh, probably going to vote early next week. So this is your reminder, guys, if you're in the U.S., get out there and vote. Vote early if you can or show up to the polls on the day of the election if you want to. Either way, please vote. Um, And that is my PSA for the week. Uh, I don't think I'm actually going to do like a lesson of the week at the beginning of this episode because I basically just want to focus on the topic this episode. It's kind of a historical slash informational episode. Might be a little bit boring for some of you to listen to, Um, but I thought it'd be fun if we talked about what the most popular Halloween costumes throughout the years were, according to this article I found, and then we're also going to talk about what kinds of Halloween traditions occur in, you know, across the world. So yeah, that's the game plan for this episode. We will end with another scary story that was submitted to me via email, and if you guys have any ideas for the finale of my Spooky Zillennial Life, that's already next week. I do not know what I'm going to talk about yet, but I am hoping to make it at least a little better than all the other episodes I've done this month because it is the last one. So we will see what um, I come up with. But yeah, if you guys have any ideas, make sure to follow me on Instagram at myzillennialpod and DM me on there. And if you guys do have, like I've said before, any spooky stories you'd like to share or that you'd like me to read on the podcast, just email those to me. Um, You can email them to me at makeupkatie95 at gmail.com. That's my gmail account from my you know my original youtube channel name which was makeup kitty 95 if you don't know back in the day (laughs) okay one thing i do want to touch on is actually um sort of a little recap of this week i know i said i wasn't going to do this but i thought it would be kind of on brand to do it for this week's episode since we're talking about like halloween costumes throughout the years uh i decided that levi my boyfriend and i are going to be velma and shaggy for halloween and we're going to dress 
um, his dog, Kenna, up as a scary clown. We were going to make her be Scooby-Doo, but we couldn't really find any Scooby-Doo dog costumes. And so we are settling on her being like a scary monster and, you know, Levi's going to be shaggy. I'm starting to put my Velma outfit together, but I'm hoping it'll work out. There are some odds and ends that I still need to go grab and buy. Um, and I'm hoping that you know, we're able to pull it off. It's funny because we're dressing up really for no reason. We don't really have any big plans this year for Halloween. We're going to stay in probably and hang out here at the apartment, but I'm making Levi dress up with me for the basically just the purpose of taking photos together for my Instagram. I know it sounds so extra, but I love Halloween. And if we don't dress up, I think it would just be kind of, you know, not as fun. So yeah, Velma and Shaggy are, are going to uh, attend our small party that we're having on October 31st. And by small party, I mean me, Levi, and his old roommate, Brandon, the three of us, that's it. Part of me really does want to, you know, venture out and actually wear our costumes out and about, but this year has been crazy and the pandemic is still going strong, so I don't really feel comfortable going to bars, even though I'm sure people will be doing that, and that's totally fine if you want to go do that. I just don't know if we will be doing that. Um, We'll probably just stay in and watch scary movies. It's kind of a bummer that this year's Halloween landed on a Saturday and it's also the same year as this crazy pandemic so you know if it was any other year I'm sure there would have been so many fun Halloween parties to go to and uh, now you know that's not really an option for us. Alrighty so with that said let's jump into this article. I could take the entire episode reading this because it goes back through all the popular Halloween costumes um in you know 1950s to present day so we're actually going to start in 1980 and this is just an article on um, Reader's Digest originally I was going to read one from the Cosmopolitan magazine and then I soon realized that it was not very credible and I just I wasn't I wasn't having it it really wasn't giving me that good info and so I'm going to trust Reader's Digest instead and we're going to start in the year 1980 there's a lot of good stuff on here like Apparently in 1971, the most popular costume was Willy Wonka. Makes sense. That movie was pretty popular around then. And in 1978, the most popular costume, according to this article, was Michael Myers from the Halloween movie. So that makes sense as well. I I love seeing kids dress up as Michael Myers today because it makes me know that their like, parents probably raised them on the Halloween movie series. Um, and that's, uh, that's a good way to raise a kid. In my opinion, I do love the original Halloween movie from the 80s. Um, So in 1980, the year of 1980, according to this article, um, the most popular Halloween costume or what everyone was dressing up as that year is John Travolta, but in the sense that they were dressing up as him uh, from all these movies that he was kind of popular in around that time. So Welcome Back, Cotter, that's a movie he played in, Saturday Night Fever, and then of course uh, Danny Zuko in Greece. In 1981, the most popular costume was Indiana Jones. In 1982, it was E.T., and I think a lot of kids um, were like riding their bikes and they would have the baskets with, you know, the red hoodie, and I've actually seen costumes like that in more recent years as well. Um, okay, so 1983, the most popular costume was Michael Jackson. Then 1984, Madonna. 1985 was Freddy Krueger, another one of my favorites. Um, I love A Nightmare on Elm Street. And then 1986, A California Raisin. I 
okay this one's really weird i guess a lot of people were dressing up as california raisins in 1986 i'll read this part for you guys um how did a bunch of raisins start making hit music in the 1980s the california raisin advisory board came up with an idea to boost slowing raisin sales fast forward to a group of claymation raisins singing and dancing to i heard it through the grapevine and the rest is history the california raisins were a viral sensation before the days of viral sensations i've never heard of this uh marketing campaign but apparently it worked and a lot of people dressed up as these raisins in 1986 in 1987 the most i guess popular halloween costume was alf who was this like little furry looking alien dude from an nbc sitcom and the sitcom ran from 1986 to 1990 and i don't know how people dressed up as him but apparently they did okay 1988 here we go one of my favorites of all time beetlejuice i grew up on this movie i love this movie i'm surprised i have not dressed up as beetlejuice yet um but yeah big fan and i could definitely see that being the most popular costume that year because people still you know it has a cult following for sure people still dress up as beetlejuice now um in 1989 ghostbusters i love ghostbusters i haven't seen that movie in forever and i also never got to see the remake or the newer one with the women i need to watch that still um, 1990, Marty McFly from Back to the Future. 1991, The Terminator. Okay, I also watched these movies a lot growing up, and it's been a while since I've seen them. This article just makes me want to go watch all these awesome movies from the 80s and 90s. Um, in 1992, Barney. Okay, people dressed as Barney. Very interesting. And this uh, part of the article actually talks about how Demi Lovato was in Bar Barney, and it's funny because I remember watching barney when i was really young and i definitely remember demi lovato's character she was in it for two years so uh 1993 power rangers okay i could see that being a very popular costume it still kind of is but definitely not as relevant all right moving on to 1994 bart simpson was a popular costume that year and then in 1995 which was the year i was born lloyd christmas and harry dunn were apparently you know the popular costumes for that year and if you don't know, that is the characters, those are characters from Dumb and Dumber, which came out in December 1994 and um, featured Jim Carrey as Lloyd Christmas and Jeff Daniels as Harry Dunn. Dumb and Dumber is a classic 90s movie. Love it. I haven't seen that one in a long time either. And Levi, my boyfriend, kind of references it a lot. And so I should probably watch it soon. In 1996, it was a popular costume to dress up as the Spice Girls, and um, I feel like, guys, you're going to hate me for saying this, it's totally not a 90s girl thing for me to say, but I honestly never grew up with the Spice Girls. I think it's because I was born a little later in the 90s, I was 1995, maybe I missed that whole Spice Girls obsession era, but I just don't even really remember... Um, like being obsessed with them like everyone else's or even knowing their names like I can't even tell you all the Spice Girls names right now so very disappointed in myself and you're allowed to be disappointed in me as well but yes everyone was dressing up as the Spice Girls in 1996. Guys we have a guest Levi just entered the room and he's going to be uh, a little bit of a help for this part. Um, Levi what was the most popular Halloween costume in 1997? In 1997. How yeah. Am I, how am I supposed to know that? You're going to read. It's right there on the page. Just say it. Yeah, baby. Yeah. 
Yeah, baby, yeah. Austin Powers was the most popular Halloween costume in 1997. Thank you to Levi for that wonderful guest appearance. He just walked in the room while I was recording. I was like, hey, you can help me with this part. Okay, so moving on, 1998, Ghostface, the infamous scary killer from the slasher film Scream, which is one of my favorite uh, slasher films of all time. It really revolutionized slasher movies, and I love Scream. So, yeah, I think my brother dressed up as Ghostface one of those years. I don't remember which one. Do you guys remember the the uh, ghost face masks that had like fake blood in them and you can like squeeze you know the little I don't know how to describe it but basically it was like a pocket of fake blood and you squeezed it and it went through a tube and it made the mask bleed very graphic and scary I love it in 1999 the most popular costume was to dress up as Neo from the Matrix and you're gonna hate me but I've also never seen the Matrix and uh, I I don't know how I could sit here and pretend like I'm some 90s kid if I haven't even watched the Matrix but to be honest Levi tried making me watch it two years ago and I fell asleep that night while we were watching it and I've never I've never given it another try so I'll have to do that at some point in the year 2000 Britney Spears was the most popular Halloween costume I can definitely see that being truthful. I was obsessed with her when I was around six or seven years old, and she was actually the only, you know, music artist, like pop star that I can remember liking when I was younger. I guess I just really wasn't into music until I was like in my middle school years, because before the age of 10, I really don't remember listening to anyone but Britney Spears. All right, the next one makes me feel super old, but in 2001, Harry Potter and Hermione Granger were the most popular costumes. I can't believe that it's been that long since the first Harry Potter movie came out, but yep, uh, according to this article, that's the truth, and it scares me. This next one makes a lot of sense to me, but in 2002, Spider-Man was the most popular Halloween costume, and I loved the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. The first one was definitely my favorite, and I can recall watching that movie very often with my brother. We also have Spider-Man the Game on PS2. I played that. And so, yes, all the little boys and girls were dressing up as Spider-Man in 2002. All right, another one that makes me feel extremely old. In 2003, the most popular costume was Captain Jack Sparrow, uh, The Curse of the Black Pearl, the Pirates of the Caribbean film, Johnny Depp's iconic character who I was absolutely in love with and this is where we begin in my chronicles of dressing up as a pirate for three years in a row so I can definitely relate to this one and now I know exactly when my obsession would have started so yep uh 2003 little Katie saw Johnny Depp and thought I'm gonna be a pirate for Halloween and so I was one of these kids that was really into that and also just into Johnny Depp I guess you can most definitely hear the highway uh, that's near Levi's apartment and the cars going by. I do apologize for that. They kind of sound like ghosts, though, to me. So it fits the spooky vibes. And on to 2004, SpongeBob SquarePants. That one makes a lot of sense to me. 2005, Darth Vader. I don't know why he would have been popular that year. Did the newer, oh yeah, Revenge of the Sith came out in 2005. Anakin. I loved Anakin in that movie. I feel bad for him. Anyone else just feel bad for Anakin sometimes? And that's actually where the article ends. So the year 2005, if you guys want to go look up, you know, if you were maybe born in 2006, how old would you be? 14? Yeah, uh, that's crazy. Okay, anyways, 
yeah, if you happen to be 14 years old, I'm sure Google can tell you what the most popular costume was in the year 2006. Next up, we're going to read an article that was written by um, Rudy Obias in 2019. Actually, it was written a year ago. And this is on the website called mentalfloss.com. It's titled 12 Halloween-like traditions from around the world. Okay, so first up, we've got the um, tradition of Sam Hain, which originated in Ireland and Scotland. And this article says, Ireland is considered the birthplace of modern Halloween, with its origins stemming from ancient Celtic and pagan rituals and a festival called Sam Hain, or Sam Hewen. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but basically that stands for the end of the light half of the year. And uh, it took place thousands of years ago. Today, both Ireland and Scotland celebrate Halloween with bonfires, games, and traditional foods like barmbrack, an Irish fruitcake that contains coins, buttons, and rings for fortune-telling. That's very interesting. It has always fascinated me that um, Halloween, you know, definitely dates back to the years where Celtic and pagan rituals occurred, and I feel like there's all kinds of movies about this kind of stuff. And it also makes sense to me why a lot of the super Christian families I knew growing up didn't even celebrate Halloween because a lot of them think that it has to do with, you know, the devil and things like that. I was never taught that, and my church openly had Halloween events and things like that. So I think that's one of the reasons why I have always loved Halloween is because I was never really sheltered from it, and I've always liked scary things. So, yeah, knowing that it has a history just in general of it being like a fall festival that pagans and Celtics put on is really cool. Next up, we've got Dia de los Muertos, which is a uh, holiday or a Halloween sort of celebration um, that is in Mexico. And I really am fascinated by this tradition. And so I'm going to read this part. It says, from November 1st to November 2nd, Mexico and parts of Latin America celebrate Dia de los Muertos, which stands for Day of the Dead, to honor those who have passed away. It is believed that the night or it is believed that the gates of heaven open up at midnight on October 31st and the souls of children return to earth to be reunited with their families for 24 hours. On November, on November 2nd, sorry, I can't read, the souls of adults come down from heaven to join in the festivities. Next up, we have a day of Dracula in Romania. Ooh, I've never heard of this one. I'm going to love it. Okay, people from all around the world flock to celebrate Halloween at Vlad the Impaler Tepe's uh, purported home at Bran Castle in Transylvania, Ramon, uh, Romania. Romania? I almost said Romania. Uh, although it was never actually his castle, and there's been a long-running debate over whether he ever even visited the site. Uh, there are a number of guides and inclusive travel packages in Romania that offer tours and parties at Count Dracula's castle for Halloween. I would totally love to do that i'm not a huge vampire fan but i love the idea of just romania in general and like transylvania and you know the spookiness behind it i also really want to go visit um salem massachusetts which is you know where all the salem witch trials went on okay so number four is uh in japan and it is called the kawasaki halloween parade it says at the end of every Oct october for the past 21 years nearly 4,000 costume halloween enthusiasts from all around the world have gathered in kawasaki just outside tokyo for the kawasaki halloween parade which is the biggest parade of its kind in japan however not everyone can simply join in the festivities 
Kawasaki Halloween Parade has strict guidelines and standards for participating, so you have to apply for entry and pay a fee before the parade begins. Okay, wow. But watching the parade is free, so that's fun. Okay, so in, um, I'm going to do number six, and this is in Hong Kong, the Hungry Ghost Festival. On the 15th day of the seventh lunar month, which is around mid-August to mid-September, the people of Hong Kong celebrate the Hungry Ghost Festival. In several parts of East Asia, people believe that spirits get restless around this time of the year and begin to roam the world. The festival is a way to feed these spirits both the food and money they need for the afterlife. It's part of a larger month-long celebration that also features burning paper and food offerings. Alright, so this next one is actually celebrated in Italy and worldwide, and it's All Saints Day. And this is um, a Catholic holiday, I believe. It's on November 1st. And many Catholics all around the world celebrate All Saints Day, followed by All Souls Day on November 2nd. It's an annual time to honor the lives of the saints who died for their Catholic beliefs, as well as the souls of dead family members. Um, in observance of the holiday, people go to Mass and visit the graves of their loved ones. While the event is celebrated worldwide, Germany has its own tradition. Many hide their kitchen knives so that returning spirits won't be accidentally harmed or use the same knives to harm the living. We're going to do one more. This is a tradition in the Philippines, and I'm going to totally mess this uh, name up, but it says it's called the Pangangalulua. Wow, that was, well, I don't even want to listen to myself say that again. I feel like my pronunciation of things has gotten worse as I've gotten older, and I don't know how that's possible. But anyways, this is a tradition in the Philippines in which children go door-to-door often in costumes where they sing and ask for prayers for those stuck in purgatory, which is rather dark, and I kind of love it. Uh, while the rituals have increasingly been uh, replaced by trick-or-treating over the years, some towns are working to revive Pangangalulua as a way of keeping the tradition alive and as a local fundraiser. So that's, that seems like a fun time. Personally, I'm going to start going door-to-door and asking for prayers for those stuck in purgatory instead of asking for candy. Or I'm going to have my kids do that someday. Like, trick-or-treat, oh, you want some candy, little kid? No, I need your prayers for my family members stuck in purgatory. Thank you. I think it's very fascinating to learn about the history of Halloween, and I actually probably could spend, you know, another 10 minutes actually talking about the real history because there are articles that do explain that. But what I've never done before was this, and you know, I wanted to look into how Halloween is celebrated or how you know it's celebrated in similar ways across the world, and that's what we did today, okay? And I hope you guys enjoyed that segment of the podcast. And I did mention at the beginning of the podcast I was going to read a story that was sent in to me. I'm actually going to wait to, to read that. I'll probably hold off uh, for a later episode, and I want to read it in an episode that talks about relationships because the story itself is not necessarily scary. Um, it was definitely scary for the person who went through it. Both sides of, you know, the story were scary, but I don't think that it's necessarily something I want to read in this podcast. It just doesn't have a lot to do with the theme of this specific episode. So, uh, yes. Anyways, I just thought I would touch on that and let you guys know that if you were waiting for that story, I'm not going to tell it in this episode, but I definitely will tell it in a future episode. So instead of telling that story, I'm actually going to tell one of my favorite urban legends that I always told around the campfire growing up and my grandpa or someone along the way told it to me when I was young. And it's one of those urban legends that just sticks with you. It's a scary story 
that totally sticks with you and it's one I'll probably tell to my future kids as well um, so I'll sum it up and just tell it the way that I remember it and this is the scary clown statue intruder uh, urban legend that's basically what I like to call it so the way the story goes from what I remember it is there's this girl who is hired by a family to babysit and so she shows up the parents say thank you Betty or whatever her name is for coming over and babysitting this evening we're gonna go out to dinner uh, we shouldn't be gone super long we're just gonna go have a nice date night um, and so the parents show her around the house, they give her a tour, you know, they show her where the kitchen is, they show her where their bedroom is, and they mention, you know, um, if you want to go in our bedroom later and lay down after you put the kids to bed, you know, here's how to work the remote for our TV, blah, blah, blah. Um, pretty laid back parents when it comes to, you know, having Betty babysit their kids, but they show her all the directions and what to do that night, and then they leave, and so Betty takes care of the kids and she um, watches a movie with them she puts the kids to bed and she decides to go in the parents bedroom and lay down and watch some TV before the parents get home and so Betty's watching TV and she kind of looks over in the corner and there's a rocking chair and she she sees this clown statue this like clown dummy and thinks well that's that's kind of creepy decoration for these parents to have, you know, just sitting there. It's like a full life-size clown mannequin sitting there in the chair. It doesn't fit in with the theme of the room at all. And she just kind of, you know, ignores it, uh, doesn't think much about it at first. And so, you know, the parents actually end up calling about 10 minutes later. They call her up. They're like, hey, Betty, how are the kids? Did you put them to bed? And Betty's like, yeah, I put the kids to bed. And now I'm just, you know, laying in your bedroom watching TV like you said that it was okay, you know, if I do. And they're like, oh, cool. All right, well, we'll be home soon. And Betty's like, well, I just have one question. Um, you know, why do you have this clown statue in the corner of your room? What's, what's his deal? And the phone goes silent for a few seconds. And then all of a sudden you hear, or Betty hears, I suppose the mom who she's on the phone with's voice come over the phone and say Betty you need to get out of there get the kids out of the house right now that is not a statue that is a murderer on the loose and I don't know if you've seen the news Betty but you should probably try watching it sometimes because yep that's a that's a scary killer so get the hell out of our house take the kids and go I'm gonna be honest with you I can almost guarantee that the mother did not speak to Betty like that, but she definitely said, you need to leave, okay? Because I don't know who the heck is in our bedroom right now, but it's not, uh, why would we have a clown statue? We're not maniacs. Um, so, yes, I guess I guess the end of the story is that Betty gets out. Maybe the scary clown killer, I don't know, chases her out of the house. But if I were to sit here and read the actual urban legend, it would take me a while because I actually found it online. And it's kind of a long story. It goes into a lot of details. I don't really have time for that this evening, um, but if you guys want me to do a whole episode next week, ooh, maybe I could do that on like the urban legends that I knew growing up. That could be really fun. And that will uh, finish up this week's episode of My Spookies and Lineal Life, the fourth episode. We've got one more to go, so I will talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs> Shivers down your spine Shrinking skull will shock your soul Seal your doom tonight